I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that would like uh, some return to a, a little more of a, uh, well, I don't even know what's normal anymore. Yeah, I don't know what's normal anymore either, Senator well, Corden. Who should we thank for that? I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in Never the middle fear. with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in California and Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Rochester, New York on WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for you. On the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com with 62 days until Inauguration Day. Boy, you know, that used to seem like just a few days, Desi Doyen. <laughs> but it seems longer and longer and farther away. Uh, yeah, the closer we get, the farther it seems away. 47 days until Election Day in Georgia's two U.S. Senate runoffs to determine control of the U.S. Senate. There are 25 days until the Electoral College casts its votes to finalize election 2020. So close and yet so far. And 18 days, 18 days until the legal, federal, statutory safe harbor deadline when all election disputes must be resolved concerning the Electoral College. 18 days away. Welcome to the broadcast. Still your radio to quarantine by, I'm sorry to say. So you heard uh, Texas uh, U.S. Senator John Cornyn there the uh, at the top of the show, the Republicans Senate Majority Whip, I believe he is. I believe he's the second highest ranking Republican in the Senate saying, oh, he, he doesn't even know what's normal anymore. Desi, I know you had a few choice words that we <laughs> cannot say on the radio when you first saw him yeah. say that. Yep, that's right. Being from Texas, I am ashamed of Senator John Cornyn and his pretense of lack of agency in being able to deal with this. I, I, who knows how it got so abnormal around here? Gosh. Uh, it's uh, it's because creeps like him allowed allowed everything that is happening now to happen without saying boo about any of it. In fact, supporting it. 
Which raises the question, is there anything that anybody is ever held accountable for anymore in this nation? How about when they say stuff that helps lead to the uh, to the deaths of a quarter of a million Americans? Stuff like this from October 24. This is just last month, just about three and a half weeks ago from Donald J. Trump to his supporters. That's all I hear about now. That's all I hear. Turn on television. COVID, 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 COVID. A plane goes down. 500 people dead. They don't talk about it. COVID, 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 COVID. By the way, on November 4th, you won't hear about it anymore. Hmm. COVID, Hmm. COVID, please don't go and vote COVID. Yeah. On November 4th, you'll never go and hear about it anymore. By the way, no planes have gone down with 500 dead. That would be discussed. However, what you're not discussing, Mr. President, is the quarter of a million dead in America on your watch, thanks in no small part to you. How about this from, uh, oh, Senator Cornyn's uh, colleague, the junior senator from Texas. This is Ted Cruz on July 21 of this year. You know, an interesting thing, if it if it ends up that Biden wins in November, I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will. But if he does, I guarantee you the week after the election, suddenly all those Democratic governors, all those Democratic mayors will say everything's magically better. Go back to work. Go back to school. Suddenly the problems are solved. You won't even have to wait for Biden to be sworn in. Really? Really? Do you guarantee it, Ted? Where do I go to get my money back on that guarantee, Ted Cruz? Where do your dead constituents in Texas go to get their lives back, Ted Cruz, you creep? At least 250,000 people, that's a quarter of a million Americans, have now died after contracting the coronavirus in just the past nine months. Remember when you were told by Trump and his fellow Republican liars that it was just like the flu? Not sure when the last time was that 250,000 Americans died in a single flu season. Anyway, that number continues to climb without relenting as infections continue to surge across the country now in all 50 states at the same time. White House Coronavirus Task Force doctors warned earlier this week that the tally of coronavirus-related deaths could reach up to 2,000 a day or more by Christmas as fresh infections began to uh, soar at the beginning of November, reaching 11.5 million total cases across the country to date since the pandemic began. We are now uh, clicking in at almost uh, 1 million new infections a week now. The quarter million milestone of COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. has now exceeded early death toll predictions by infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci, who in March had suggested that the virus might kill up to 240,000 people in the U.S. We're now up to 250,000. At that time, the virus was limited to certain parts of the country, but it now has strong footing and has multiplied uh, infections in all 50 states. As the nation continues to exceed That earlier grim projection, seemingly simple measures to combat the spread of the virus, continue to be caught up in the political fray of red versus blue. 
that uh, seems to be overwhelming common sense science. More than 172,000 new COVID cases were reported across the country on Wednesday alone. 172,000. That is the uh, unfortunately, the second highest daily total since the pandemic began after topping 180,000 uh, cases just a day or two earlier. The CDC on Thursday has now advised the public against traveling for Thanksgiving during its first briefing since August. As the country reaches the grim milestone of 250,000 fatalities from COVID, I guess since Donald Trump is no longer willing to speak to the American people, I guess he allowed his CDC to do so. During a uh, telebriefing on Thursday with media, Dr. Henry Walk, CDC's COVID-19 incident manager, whose name I've never heard of before, Nice to meet you, Dr. Walk. Uh, he urged the public to recognize that there is, quote, no more important time than right now to strictly adhere to mitigation measures in an effort to reduce the spread of COVID. He stressed the importance of, quote, redoubling our efforts to practice social distancing and hand washing and mask wearing. Walk then issued a strong advisory against traveling for Thanksgiving, saying CDC is recommending against travel during the Thanksgiving period. We're alarmed, he added, citing an exponential increase in COVID-19 cases and not just cases, but also hospitalizations, not just hospitalizations, but also deaths. He said what we're concerned about is not only the actual mode of travel over the holidays, where it's an airplane or a bus or a car, but also the transportation hubs we're concerned about. He said when people are in line, for example, to get on a, on a bus or a plane, social distancing becomes far more difficult and viral transmission becomes more likely, he said. Officials made these pleas to avoid travel even after they acknowledged that the prolonged outbreak has taken a toll on families and that people are craving connection after months of isolation, which I certainly understand. Dr. Walk warned that family get-togethers, especially those that bring different households together, could inadvertently lead to tragic outcomes. Yeah, you don't want to kill your grandmother or your grandfather on Thanksgiving, do you? He said the tragedy could happen in uh, the, the tragedy that could happen is one of your family members from coming together in a family gathering could wind up hospitalized and severely ill and could die. We don't want to see that happen, he said. He said uh, they warned that college students returning from home for the holidays should isolate themselves and limit interaction with friends on campus before their return. Good luck with that. And once home, they should try to limit interactions with family members, trying to interact outside rather than indoors and wear masks indoors if a family member has a chronic condition that places them at risk. I would add also, good luck with that. Walk, uh, Dr. Walk said he himself is not going to visit his parents, though he has not seen them in many months and they're imploring him to come home, but he's not. Last month, as many as 50 million people were expected to travel for Thanksgiving. Despite the pandemic, that's uh, just a 10% drop compared with last year. 
Uh, AAA, however, noted that its modeling was done earlier this year before states like California, Pennsylvania, and others began implementing new quarantine restrictions in response to the skyrocketing virus rates. United Airlines said recently that it expected Thanksgiving week to be its busiest period since the pandemic began. But on Thursday, it has uh, reported that bookings have slowed and cancellations have risen in recent days. Okay, good. Sadly, but good. Good. Not not a lot of good news, but that's what we got. No, but you know, you mentioned something about the months of isolation. I Mm -hmm. think we have to also point out that Trump is responsible for that. If he had not failed so miserably in this uh, coronavirus pandemic response, we might be past it now. Yeah. And, well, we we may be able to get uh, past it in in the future, Um, and it may not be long, uh, according to uh, some some of the doctors who are uh, looking at the, the, you know, the vaccines coming out. And they say if you can just hang on a few more months. Dr. Walk's comments advising against Thanksgiving travel come amid Trump going completely AWOL at this point as he bunkers very strongly. In the White House, as he uh, wages his legal battles contesting the legitimacy of Joe Biden's election victory. Yes, we will talk about that in a bit. The sitting president has not made any public statements regarding the country crossing this grim threshold of more than a quarter of a million Americans dying on his watch from COVID-19. And little wonder, I guess, for a man who can never admit to being wrong about anything. Yes, it appears that we're still talking about this after Election Day, as he told us we wouldn't be, as Ted Cruz parroted him in, in saying as well. And yes, we're, we're still talking about this even after you suggested, Mr. President, that, that you considered it a, a, a victory if the number was kept to less than 100,000. Remember that? Back before Trump went full denialist and tossed in the flag of surrender? If we could hold that down, as we're saying, to 100,000, it's a horrible number. Maybe even less, but to 100,000. So we have between 100 and 200,000. We all together have done a very good job. Yeah, well, you didn't do a very good job, Mr. President. That was back in March. You didn't hold it to 100,000. You didn't hold it to 200,000. And right now, experts are saying we should expect another 150,000 dead between now and February, bringing the total number to 400,000. So where is the accountability? When do the crimes against humanity charges get filed? I'm still waiting. On Wednesday, Admiral Brett Girard, the uh, that's Donald Trump's own assistant secretary of health who leads the government's covid testing efforts. He sounded the alarm that the country is in, quote, absolutely dangerous situation as covid-19 cases continue surging ahead of the holidays. Girard said this is not crying wolf. This is the worst rate of rise in cases that we have seen in the pandemic in the U.S. And right now, he says there is no sign of flattening. And of course, he is right. The uh, cases are rising almost everywhere in the U.S., but the surge 
is now worst in in places where the leaders of those places, the, the governors and so forth, have neglected to keep up forceful virus containment efforts or where they failed to implement even the most basic measures like mask mandates in the first place. That, according to The New York Times, analysis of data from the University of Oxford using an index that tracks policy responses to the pandemic. The paper has a whole bunch of of very enlightening charts, basically showing uh, these numbers of uh, of new virus cases and hospitalizations in each state relative to the state's recent containment measures. So if you look at it, you know, and these charts, uh, one of them here this is on the currently hospitalized per 100,000. And the chart is worked out so that, you know, one side is, is fewer containment measures. The other side is more containment measures. And then they measure it against the number of hospitalizations. Well, the worst place in the country and as it turns out, uh, I think, in the world, South Dakota. Actually, I think they're the third worst in the world overall. Uh, number one is North Dakota. They're right up there by South Dakota in this particular chart. Also, Iowa, Nebraska, Nevada. Th- these are all the worst places. Now, I know that uh, ca- California gets a lot of coverage in the news for some reason because we have so many cases. But that's because we have so many people here in California, about 40 million people compared to states like Wyoming, which has about 600,000 or South Dakota with less than 900,000. But if you are wondering where you personally have a better chance of becoming infected and you personally have a better chance of becoming hospitalized and you personally have a better chance of dying from this scourge, it is in states like South Dakota and North Dakota and Iowa and Nebraska and Nevada and Missouri and Indiana and Oklahoma. Are you finding anything common there in those states? In California, despite our large, unexpectedly large uh, numbers, we're still on the bottom of this list, on this chart, when you count uh, the infections per capita, per 100,000 people. We're down there along with, yes, other blue states like New York and Maine and Vermont and Massachusetts. You know, states with responsible leaders who didn't wish to sacrifice their own residents at the altar of Donald Trump's reelection. The Times says outbreaks are comparatively small. uh, I'm sorry, smaller in states where efforts to contain the virus were stronger over the summer and fall. Go figure. In recent days, the governors of Iowa and North Dakota and Utah finally imposed mask mandates for the first time since the outbreak began. They haven't had a mask mandate this whole time in Iowa, in North Dakota. Lo and behold, they are also the states with the highest rates of infections and hospitalizations and deaths per 100,000 per capita of late. States where where Trump governors, Trumpy governors, went out of their way to to go along with Trump's little lie to try to help him get reelected. Well, the election is over now, in theory, anyway. So you know what, Republicans, you can now stop pretending that this is all a hoax to try to help him get reelected. 
pretty please? Can you try to keep your goddamn own constituents alive? Is that too much to ask? That might be nice of you, you know, as public servants and all. I mean, the states listed in the uh, in this in this database as having the fewest control measures are also the ones with the highest infection rates right now that are growing like crazy. Let me just read you this uh, list. This is the one with the uh, that they've categorized as the fewest control measures. Uh, South Dakota, Iowa, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Idaho, Utah, Kansas, Mississippi, Missouri, South Carolina, Alabama, Nebraska, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Georgia, Tennessee, Arizona, and Indiana. Those states have the fewest control measures, and with the exception of Wisconsin in that list, where Donald Trump was holding mask-free super spreader rallies day after day over the last month or two, all of those states, all of them have Republican governors. Now the state and, and and their rates are skyrocketing. All of them. The states with the tightest restrictions, Massachusetts, Vermont, Delaware, California, Connecticut, Hawaii, Maine, Rhode Island, New York, New Mexico, all, with the exception of Vermont, happen to have among the lowest, they have the lowest rates of infection and they have Democratic governors, though it is still growing in each of those states, if not nearly as quickly as it is in the states run by Republicans. Remember when they didn't want to give money to any of these states and they still haven't? Uh, the Congress, uh, you know, we, and hasn't put a new relief bill, hasn't been able to get a new relief bill passed, hasn't tried. The, well, they tried to block them, in fact. At least the Republicans have before adjourning for Thanksgiving. Yes, they have recessed for Thanksgiving. There will be no new COVID relief bill before Thanksgiving, despite the fact that uh, unemployment insurance has run out, despite the fact that states and counties and cities are now beginning to lay off doctors and nurses and police and firefighters. firefighters yes. So, yeah, so uh, that's what's going on. That's where we are. No, this is not a hoax. And the states with the denialist Republicans in charge right now are getting hit the worst. So when they used to say, oh, we don't want to help out those blue states. How about now? How about now that it's the red states that are getting hit the worst? Uh, it's just maddening. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> I, I I just, uh, you know, and, and the fact that these governors, these Republican governors who were playing along with, yes, Donald Trump, Trump's hoax that all of this was a hoax. They were playing along to try to help him get reelected. Oh, everything's normal. We our businesses are open. We don't have to wear masks. The election is over. Republicans, stop pretending, pretty please. You will save the lives of your own voters. Is that too much to ask? I don't know. Maybe it is. Let's take a quick break here, and we will come back with something cheerier. I hope so. Donald Trump's, yes, still ongoing attempt to steal the 2020 election. Oh, coups are always fun. Is that fun? Is that cheerier? Uh, yes, that is continuing. Yes, that is a real thing. And no, as much as I would like to personally ignore that as well, well, I'm not sure that it's wise. 
The pre-Thanksgiving fun and madness continues straight ahead on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter, and we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. In his oval room, in his rocking chair, he's the president, but I don't care. He's a businessman, he got business ties, he got dollar signs in both his eyes. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Thanks to listener R. Tyler who sent in that song suggestion. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one. We may use that every now and again. Uh, Did I say welcome back to the Bradcast? Well, you just did. All right. I'm Brad Friedman. That's Desi Doyen over there. Say hello. Hello. Okay. Um, Brian Kilmeade, one of the hosts of uh, Trump's favorite TV show, Fox and Friends, on Wednesday morning, he called on Trump, finally, to begin teaming up with President-elect Joe Biden, even as Donald Trump still refuses to acknowledge his rival's very clear electoral victory, in which, as of today, it looks like Biden is likely to top the 80 million vote mark as states like California continue to tally ballots. As uh, to today, Biden has about 6 million more votes than Donald Trump does, You can compare that to when Hillary Clinton won the popular vote four years ago by almost three million votes. Biden has twice as many. The uh, margin is twice as high over Donald Trump. Uh, Kilmeade said during the show on Wednesday, quote, it's in the country's best interest if Trump starts coordinating on the virus with vaccine distribution potentially beginning in a matter of weeks and on security with the Biden team. But uh, here's the thing. I think for the president of the United States, uh, while he continues to fight on, and this is probably going to be the, the end of the week for Pennsylvania if they don't produce something, I think it's going to, in the country's best interest, if he starts coordinating on the virus and starts coordinating with security with the Biden team. And just brief him, because on the virus, we need, we're going to be able to get this out as soon as two weeks. We need to coordinate on the transportation and implementation, uh, and he'll see how thorough the planning is, has been so we don't drop the ball in a little while. Well, womp womp, I guess. Uh, No wonder Donald Trump is telling people not to watch Fox anymore. They're going to say stuff like that. Uh, They're going to actually recognize, oh my, recognize that there may be a new president shortly on Fox News. Kilmeade's remarks join a small but marginally growing chorus of Trump allies who have been urging the president, who's been blocking the uh, Biden transition efforts and trying to undo the election with uh, bogus lawsuits, just bogus. Uh, the, the, there's been a number of folks now who are sort of, kind of, uh, trying to convince uh, Team Trump to at least brief Joe Biden's team on the administration's operations. Even Mitch McConnell has begun slowly, like a tortoise, if you will, <laughs> 
to at least suggest out loud that maybe, just maybe, there might be a new administration in the White House soon. This week, McConnell took a tiny little turtle step uh, away from the uh, Trump administration's stalling of the transition process um, between Biden and Trump, uh, who continues to falsely insist that he won the election. McConnell told CNN reporters, we're going to have an orderly transfer from this administration to the next one. The next one? What? What did he say? The next one? What? There's going to be a next one? I guess Mitch has not been uh, reading my emails from trolls these days who swear, they swear that Joe Biden will never be sworn in as president and that Trump is going to be there for four more years. They absolutely believe that. They do. They are laughing at me. They are telling me that I am the one who is deluded and that I am falling for fake news if I suggest otherwise. Really? Yep, that's where we are. The uh, GOP leader has uh, previously voiced his support for Trump's refusal to acknowledge Biden's victory and for the president's tantrums disguised as flimsy lawsuits against the election results in key swing states. Um. Uh, McConnell said, I think it was last week, that the president has every right to look into allegations and to request recounts under the law. He said that on the Senate floor last week. And for the record, uh, we shared that statement and I agree with it. That said, the allegations have to date amounted to nothing, to zero and all but one of the about 28 cases at this point. Uh, that have been filed have so far either been dismissed by judges or dropped by the plaintiffs themselves. Still, while I am not enjoying having to stick with this, I really am not. And while I have at this point little doubt that, yes, Joe Biden will be sworn in, I think it would be a mistake to sort of underestimate this guy, to underestimate anything these days that has anything to do with Donald Trump and his desperation to hang on to power by stealing the election in any way that he can figure out how to do so. And the Republicans who will enable him. Correct. So, uh, frankly, and I got to tell you, because I know that listeners are probably getting tired of this. I know I'm getting tired of this. Sorry. I would much rather move on to, uh, you know, things like, oh, what may come uh, uh, with the with a Biden administration and we will get to that, I promise. And, and by the way, before that, uh, I'd prefer to get to the upcoming elections in the state of Georgia, which will determine control of the U.S. Senate and with it the fate of the nation and arguably the world, as we will be reminded again in Desi Doyen's Green News report coming up shortly. And to some extent, you know, I, I worry that I'm sort of privileging the lie, Des, giving it oxygen yeah. In one sense, do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. By covering it? By talking about it, it can help in some people's brains cement it, and we don't want to do that. This is These are all lies. Well, it legitimizes what he's doing, yeah. uh, which is, in truth, not legitimate. And I'm a guy who's all for uh, investigation and oversight and making sure that the results are accurate. But that's not what these that's are. That's not what they're doing. Right. That's not what they're doing at all. They're making up stuff. They're making up false claims. They're, uh, you know, claiming there was massive voter fraud nationwide, according to Donald Trump's lead attorney, a guy by the name of Rudy Giuliani. 
so, you know, while I worry about covering it, sort of legitimizing it by covering it, I think it's a mistake to not keep an eye on what these guys, Trump and his brain poisoned lackeys and henchmen and thugs and goons and stooges are now doing or at least trying to do. So, yes, we will continue to cover it as much as I can stand to, at least, because Trump will not be quitting, at least not as far as I can tell at this point, because uh, simply doing the right thing is not in Donald Trump's nature, I think it's fair to say. Hmm. Uh, so to that end, on yesterday's show, we covered the brouhaha in Wayne County, Michigan, where the four-person board of canvassers, two Republicans and two Democrats, deadlocked on whether to certify Wayne County's election results due to what the two Republicans on the board cited as discrepancies between the number of votes cast and the number of people who signed into the uh, into the poll books to vote at the, the various polling places and via absentee voting and so forth, specifically in Detroit, which is in Wayne County. They were willing However, uh, to certify the Wayne County results, as long as Detroit's huge number of votes, hundreds of thousands of votes, and its huge number of African-American voters, as long as they were not included in the certification, they were perfectly willing to certify. I love how Republicans, as long as you don't count the black people's votes, Trump wins. Correct. And that is, by and large, the strategy that they're now working on in Jeez. state after state. Uh, targeting the big cities with the uh, large minority voter populations. Uh, anyway, they were perfectly willing to go ahead and, and certify Wayne County as long as we took Detroit out of it, despite the fact that there were larger discrepancies um, during the spring primaries in the state where they certified Wayne County with no problem. Apparently, they cut the discrepancies like in half for this election, but now is where they're drawing the line. And also, despite the fact that other cities in Wayne County, towns that just happen to be majority white, they had even larger discrepancies, but no problem certifying those. Eventually, after about three hours of public comment, the two Republicans folded and they decided uh, there would be uh, they would vote again. This time it was four to zero. They unanimously certified Wayne County's election results from the general election. But apparently that's not the end of the story today, Des. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> On Thursday, state officials. In Michigan, in uh, officials, uh, they said that uh, the officials in Michigan's largest county, that's Wayne, cannot revoke the certification of election results after two Republicans who approved Biden's local landslide wanted to revert to their initial stance of refusing to bless the vote tally. The GOP effort to change position yet again represents another complication in what is typically a routine task, according to AP. Monica Palmer and William Hartman, those are the two Republican canvassers in Wayne County, they said uh, they only voted to certify the results after, quote, hours of sustained pressure and after getting promises that their concerns about the election would be investigated. State officials said the certification of the Detroit area vote, however, will stand. Michigan's chief election officer said a post-election audit will be performed 
though they will not check, quote, mythical allegations of fraud. So uh, having a post-election audit was part of the agreement that they said, well, if we if you promise that that will be carried out, then then we'll go ahead and vote to certify, which they did promise. And now the secretary of state is saying, yes, we will carry it out. And yet they're trying to renege. Um, Tracy Wimmer, a spokesperson for uh, Michigan's secretary of state, Jocelyn Benson, said there is no legal mechanism for them to rescind their vote now. Their job is done. And the next step in the process is for the board of state canvassers to meet and certify. Now, the four member state board, they're expected to meet on Monday. And guess what? They are also split with two Democrats and two Republicans on the state board. That's the same makeup that we saw on the Wayne County board. So, you know, if you think this is over, maybe, maybe not. A person familiar with the matter told uh, the AP that uh, Donald Trump apparently reached out to these uh, two Republicans, Palmer and, and Hartman, on the uh, Wayne County Board on Tuesday evening after the revised vote to express his gratitude for their support. In a statement, the pair reported being the target of threats, which they said they reported to law enforcement. Palmer said in a text message to the Detroit Free Press that Trump, quote, was checking to make sure I was safe after seeing and hearing about the threats. Gosh, that's so nice nice of him. He was only checking in to see how they were doing, not to suggest that they should change or anything like that. For the record, Biden crushed Donald Trump in Wayne County by a more than two to one margin on his way to winning Michigan by more than 153,000 votes, according to unofficial results. The county canvassers uh, voted four to zero eventually, as I said, to certify the vote. But on Wednesday, Palmer and Hartman signed affidavits saying they believe the vote should not be certified. And they've signed it on an affidavit so you know it's official. Anyone, by the way, can sign an affidavit to anything. Uh, Secretary of State Benson, uh, a Democrat, said a post-election audit will be conducted in Wayne County and any other community, you know, even the white ones, with, quote, significant clerical errors. Good. She said audits are neither designed to address nor performed in response to false or mythical allegations of irregularities that have no actual basis in fact. In fact, there has been no evidence at all of widespread voting uh, fraud in Michigan or in any other state, AP correctly notes. But Trump and his allies have spent two weeks raising false claims of fraud, refusing to concede to Biden. And to that end, today, Donald Trump summoned Michigan's Republican legislative leaders to the White House for an extraordinary meeting on Friday amid his long shot, never say die bid to try to subvert the Democratic process that handed the battleground state to Joe Biden. That's AP's language, by the way, his push to subvert the Democratic process. Two people familiar with the matter told AP that Trump invited Senate Majority, Michigan Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirkey and Michigan House Speaker Lee Chatfield. They agreed to go, according to state officials who were aware of the uh, the majority leader's plans. 
Uh, it was not immediately clear what the meeting would be about, says AP. I wonder what they'll talk about. I wonder what will come up. Basket weaving. Probably. Neither Shirky nor Chatfield commented. Trump's campaign is openly floating, however, the notion of trying to get friendly state legislatures to uh, legislatures to appoint electors who would then overturn the will of the voters. This is what you've been screaming about for so many weeks, Desi oh, Doyen. Yeah. The uh, gerrymandered Republican-controlled Michigan legislature would be called uh, to select electors in contradiction to the very clear will of Michigan voters. Did I mention uh, that Biden won by 153,000 votes in the state. But this is what uh, Trump, uh, that what they are floating uh, as their idea. Uh, and uh, the legislature would be called to select a different slate of electors if uh, Trump is able to succeed in convincing uh, at least the state's board of canvassers on Monday to not certify Biden's victory in the state. So if they can have another deadlock at the state level on Monday and if they can hold to it, then the matter will go apparently to the state legislature, uh, the leaders of which are now going to be meeting with Donald Trump on Friday. It's openly planning a coup. Yeah. Now, both Shirky and, and Chatfield, the uh, uh, majority leaders in the two chambers in Michigan, have indicated that they will not try to overturn Biden's win. However, uh, of course, that was last week and prior to whatever arm twisting or deranged president has planned for them on Friday. Last week, Shirky's spokeswoman said, quote, Michigan law does not include a provision for the legislature to directly select electors or to award electors to anyone other than the person who received the most votes. Feel better? No. Asked at a uh, Lansing news conference about the plan for legislative leaders to visit Trump, Democratic governor of Michigan Gretchen Whitmer said, I hope they wear masks. She added, all the meetings in the world, however, can't take away from the fact that Joe Biden won Michigan by over 150,000 votes. That's 14 times the margin that Donald Trump won Michigan by in 2016. She said, so we will be sending a state of electors that reflects the will of the people of Michigan at the end of this process. Feel better yet? I'll feel better on Monday after I hear what the state board of elections in yeah, uh, Michigan well, that's, says. Yeah, well, that's just one state. Uh, as AP also reports in a separate story, what happened in Wayne County, Michigan on Tuesday, they say, was a jarring reminder of the disrup disruptions that can still be caused as the nation works through the process of affirming the outcome of the November 3 election. There is... Uh, no precedent, however, for the Trump team's widespread effort to delay or undermine certification. University of Kentucky law professor Joshua Douglas, a frequent guest on the broadcast, told AP. He said it would be the end of democracy as we know it. This is just not a thing that can happen. Are you sure, Josh? As Trump has refused to concede to Biden and continues to spread false claims of victory, this mundane process is now taking on new significance. Among the um, uh, key battleground states who are now looking at certifying the results, which is normally a routine 
thing that's typically done by local boards of elections and then later at the state level. Uh, among the key battleground states now, counties in Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin have all made it through the initial step. The counties have of certifying results, except for Wayne County. The process has been largely smooth. Arizona, Pennsylvania and Georgia, the other states in question, I guess, uh, they have not concluded their local certification yet in those states. Matt Morgan, the Trump campaign's general counsel, said last week that the campaign was trying to halt certification in battleground states until they could get a better handle on vote tallies. And whether it would have the whether these the various states uh, would give them the right to have automatic recounts. Right now, Trump is requesting a recount only in Wisconsin and only in two counties in Wisconsin, even though I personally am old enough to remember when Republicans charged that Al Gore was trying to steal the election. Remember that? Al Gore was trying to steal the election by requesting a partial recount in Florida back in 2000 because he only requested recounts in a couple of counties in the Sunshine State. And thus he was doing something that was that was wrong, that was illegal, that was immoral. But I guess that sort of thing is fine now for Republicans. I haven't heard them complaining that uh, Trump is only asking for recounts in two counties uh, one of which, uh, the the two most uh, liberal counties in the state, one of which being Milwaukee, the, yes, most minority-heavy county in the state. Uh, and Georgia, of course, is doing that bizarre hand audit that we've talked about with no actual possibility of changing the results in the state after Biden's uh, lead uh, is, is just about 0.3% in Georgia. Now, the law in that state provides the option of an actual recount after state certification happens on Friday, I guess, unless the Republican secretary of state there decides he's not going to certify for some reason. Uh, But after that certification, the the, uh, trailing candidate can petition for a recount if they like, as long as the margin is less than 0.5 percentage points, which it is. Though in that case, that would be a machine count, so it's unlikely to change the results in any way unless Trump can get a court order for an actual hand count. I suspect Biden will end up increasing his margin, however, if they do do a hand count in uh, in Georgia. Some in the presidential's orbit, however, have held out hope that by delaying certification, GOP-controlled state legislatures We'll get a chance to select different electors somehow, either overturning Biden's victory or sending it to the House, which under the 12th Amendment, uh, Trump would almost certainly win if this somehow gets thrown to the House. Because in that case, a state like Wyoming with 600,000 residents, they get the same number of votes as California does with its 40 million residents in that case. In that case, both states get one single vote and the GOP controls more state delegations in the House than Democrats do, despite Democrats hold on a uh, on a majority of the total representatives in the chamber. Under the 12th Amendment, each state gets one vote. Most advisors to the president's uh, to the president, however, consider that a fever dream, according to AP. Trump's team has been incapable so far of organizing even basic legal activities. 
since the election, let alone a wide-scale political and legal apparatus needed to persuade state legislators to try to undermine the will of their state's voters. Lawsuits have been filed by Trump allies in Michigan and Nevada, however, seeking to stop certification for reasons unknown. Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, argued to stop vote certification in Pennsylvania on Tuesday in that federal case where he made a jackass uh, out of himself, having not been in a courtroom for about 30 years and and not really knowing how it's supposed to work. And on the same day, the Arizona Republican Party, the state Republican Party, asked a judge to bar Maricopa County. That's the state's most populous county, where Phoenix is, uh, from certifying uh, the election at all until a court uh, issues a decision about the party's lawsuit calling for a new hand count of a sampling of ballots, even though Maricopa has already held a full countywide audit, found no problems. In Nevada, uh, there are some lawsuits now trying to stop the certification of that state. In Pennsylvania, a Luzerne County uh, board Republican election board member uh, said she will not certify the county's election without an audit of 10 percent of the vote. Uh, That said, the board is made up of three Democrats and two Republicans, so that probably won't work. But if you think that all of this sounds crazy, of course it does. But it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen under Donald Trump. I don't have time to share this whole thing with you. Uh, So I will just recommend to people like Desi Doyen (laughs) that you do not read the article today at Salon by Chris Marshall. He's a uh, Democratic strategist uh, at several uh, firms. The story is titled, Are You Sure Trump's Plan to Steal the Election Has Failed? You Shouldn't Be. Now, it's a long article. It begins this way. Freddy's dead. So we are assured in pop culture from everyone from Curtis Mayfield to the Nightmare on Elm Street film cycle, though I might remind you now consists of nine installments, Nightmare on Elm Street, with Freddy appearing (laughs) and reappearing in all nine of them. Those assurances that Freddy or Jason and their ilk are dead never work out well in horror flicks, and I wouldn't advise prematurely counting on them to work out in politics either. Uh, As I say, it's by Chris Marshall. It's at Salon. And by all means, do not look it up. (laughs) Do not read it. It's a long, very good article, but you shouldn't read it. Because we've got enough horror for you right here on the broadcast, including, of course, in Desi Doyen's latest Green News report. That's coming right up. Yeah. <laughs> be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the broadcast. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. You know, Des... I'm looking at your uh, GNR rundown here. Yeah. 
It's not that scary. No, it's not. It's pretty good, actually. You've had scarier ones. <laughs> oh, definitely. There's some good news here in our latest Green News Report. We'll begin to get that fleet of petrol and diesel cars off the road, beginning what Boris Johnson would call an electric revolution here in Britain. UK accelerates phase-out of gasoline cars to 2030. U.S. car makers knew 50 years ago that burning fossil fuels causes global warming and lied about it. Trump Interior Department allows states to veto federal conservation projects. Plus, San Francisco changes building codes to phase out polluting natural gas. All of those phase outs and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. We have the technology to do it. They certainly have the technology to do it in the United States of America, and you can do it whilst delivering hundreds of thousands of new green jobs at the same time. Thanks, Boris. Man, do I wish the U.S. had a conservative party that wasn't insane. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I think you're kicking us off today with some very good news. Climate change apparently is over. <laughs> no, no, sadly, not at all. What? However, October 2020 was only the fourth warmest October ever recorded. See, it was the fourth warmest. It is getting cooler. Everything is fine. That's according to both NOAA and NASA, based on record keeping that began in the 1880s. But never fear, 2020 is still on track to clock in as one of the top two hottest years ever recorded, which is remarkable because there is a cooling La Nina weather pattern in the Pacific Ocean, and that has not slowed down 2020 at all. Most of the years where we've had record heat, it's because we've had El Ninos at the same time. Right. Now we have a La Nina cooling things down. And it's not helping. Oh. In Washington, outgoing Trump Interior Secretary David Bernhardt has released a special secretarial order altering how the Federal Land and Water Conservation Fund is administered. Permanent funding for the program was finally passed by a bipartisan Congress and touted by Trump on the campaign trail to boost his environmental credentials. But Bernhardt's new order now restricts the funding that's available for conservation projects and effectively allows states to veto public land purchases which critics say undermines the very purpose of the fund. So he did it just for the election and now they're undoing it? Yeah. How unlike them. However, the New York Times reports that President-elect Joe Biden's transition team includes dozens of climate change policy experts who are already drafting executive orders requiring that every federal agency, department, and program prepare to address climate change and that they are gearing up to legally dismember Trump's rollbacks of climate and pollution regulations. All I heard was dismembering and Trump. In other news, U.S. automakers GM and Ford knew 50 years ago that car emissions caused dangerous man-made climate change. That's according to internal company documents obtained by E&E News. But instead of shifting their business models away from fossil fuels, the two car giants spent decades and millions of dollars lobbying to undermine efforts to reduce emissions, funding climate science denier front groups, blocking efforts in Congress to improve fuel efficiency and make vehicles cleaner, and they even doubled down on gas-guzzling trucks and SUVs. 
The revelations mirror similar investigations showing how ExxonMobil executives also knew decades ago that their product causes global warming and also lied to the public and blocked action. So they've been lying to us for 50 years, and now that we know the truth, we got an entire Republican Party that is lying to us about them lying to us. But Britain has had quite enough of that. This week, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced the UK will move up its planned phase-out of internal combustion engine vehicles. Instead of the previous target of 2035, the UK will ban the sale of new gas and diesel cars starting in 2030. Wow. That is an ambitious timetable, according to Stephen Norman, managing director of Britain's Vauxhall Motors in an interview with the BBC. So, yes, it's a little bit tighter than we were expecting, but um, the plans are in place, obviously, to meet that uh, and meet it. We're going to have to. You mean they're just trying to meet it because they have to, because the government said so? They're not uh, whining and complaining and filing lawsuits and trying to throw Boris Johnson out of his job? Exactly. I am so moving to the UK. It's part of what Prime Minister Johnson is calling his Green Revolution to revive Britain's economy and create jobs through innovation to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Finally, San Francisco is going all electric. This week, the city's Board of Supervisors voted to update building codes to eliminate fossil fuels in all new residential and commercial buildings beginning next June. New homes and businesses will run on all electric appliances, significantly reducing the city's contribution to greenhouse gas emissions, reducing indoor air pollution, and removing the danger of natural gas explosions. Nice. Let the lawsuits begin. I'm still moving to the U.K. for their green revolution. (laughs) For much more on all of these reports and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Well, you know... Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. <laughs> See, there's some good news we out there. We all do want to change the world. Yes, there is some, some good news Some people are moving there. forward, even if they're in other countries. Yes, it's still happening. It's still happening. And Mostly. maybe here, once we can end our mayhem and idiocy and get on to a new administration. Somehow, yeah. everything will be fine. Until then, the mayhem continues <laughs> on our next thrilling broadcast. You don't want to miss it. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's always greatly appreciated. It's a great honor. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. That is free thanks to those of you who listen to our show every day and consider dropping by bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on your public airwaves. bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you in advance. Drop me email if you like troll or otherwise you can find me at bradcast at bradblog.com and on the facebooks and twitters at the brad blog that's it until we meet again next time i'm brad friedman good luck world